0: Welcome to our podcast at Oxford Vineyard Church. This is the first time that we've done a podcast like this, and we're really pleased with it. We hope you enjoy it. This week's podcast features a conversation between Senior Pastor John Richter and Executive Pastors Josh Jones and Parker Fry about supernatural healing, leading up to our new series called As You Go, starting April 19th, 2020.
1: All right, well, welcome. Um, This is our first time ever doing this, kind of a podcast thing. Um, I'm really excited about it. Um, We were just sitting around talking and uh, sharing stories, talking about different uh, message series. And as we were doing it, I just thought, man, this would make an awesome podcast. And so we thought, hey, let's go ahead and do this, especially in this environment that we're in with, you know, not being able to be in in contact with each other and quarantining and all those kind of things. So um, I'm going to lead this discussion and I've got Parker Fry and, and Josh Jones here with me. And, and we just kind of want to have a discussion about a series that we're getting ready to kick off called As You Go. And uh, we haven't talked much or, or preached much recently about healing, probably within two or three years. And uh, we're really going to kind of focus on not just healing, but healing and deliverance and, and some of those things like that. And it's it really um, based off of Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 through 8. And I'm going to read that. And then I'm going to ask some questions, we're just going to have some dialogue. So as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. This is Matthew 10, 7 through 8. So my first question to you guys is, many who read this verse, they dismiss it as being applicable to to all believers they basically believe that when they read this scripture well this is written to the apostles not to everyone and um, but my question to you guys is why do you believe that this assignment from Jesus is actually for all of us believers
2: that's really good John one of the things I just want to read out what we talked about reading out here is from Matthew 28 and this is obviously the great commission here and uh, you know when Jesus sends out the disciples, he's 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 telling them to teach everyone. You know, anyone who they they convert, anyone who who comes to believe in Jesus um, as their Lord and Savior, they they enter into this family, right? Jesus comes and lives inside of them, and and everything that the Lord has given to the apostles, he says, give this to everyone. <laughs> comes to believe in me. Teach them everything. They Teach everything, literally everything. And so you think about the last three years, they've been learning with him every day. Like they've been doing practical things. He's been teaching them as you go, as they went. He taught them in in ministry. He taught them in their lives. He spent time privately with them as they reflected on the things that happen every day. And and he gave them insights and wisdom and understanding on how the kingdom works, how his father works. And so this is the thing that he's telling them to do, hey, everything that you've just learned from me for three years, give that away to everybody you meet when they come to believe in me, this is what you're giving them everything you've learned from me and so that's awesome I think I think that's he's not holding back at all and he's telling them not to hold back. He says everything to all believers
1: that's awesome, cool,
0: yeah, I think that you know we obviously don't believe that at the vineyard right we don't believe that uh that this is just for the first apostles, or this is just for pastors, or uh, just for ministry leaders, so to speak, but it's for everybody. And I know that this is later on in our notes, but something that John Wimber said all the time, right, was everybody gets to play. Right. And so part of the reason that um, we kind of talked about originally doing this, right, was to reinforce that idea that everybody gets to play. And I love that this this is a journey. You know, you mentioned that it's been maybe at least a year since we specifically preached about healing. And I think all three of us have been on a journey in that time, you know, learning and growing and developing the way that we understand healing. I mean, I, I personally would say that I understand mm-hmm. healing differently now than I did, you know, two or three years ago. And I think you would both probably say the same thing. Absolutely, um, for sure. But one of the things that, that I think about really is uh, Mark 16. We had it down. Uh, it's Jesus' mic drop, basically, right? Mm-hmm. So he, he ascends to heaven. And the last thing that he says before he ascends to heaven is uh, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, um, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. Right. And then he lists these things again. He says in my name. They will cast out demons and they will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And uh, if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. And they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. And that's the last thing that he says in the Gospel of Mark. Oh, that's so good. You know, so good. And, and we look at that and obviously in our tradition, right, we're not snake handling and we're not doing those things. But I think it's an interesting uh, thing to talk about, I guess, in the age of coronavirus, right, is this idea of healing and, and the tension that we're living in. And we really have to think about these, um, these complex ideas and, and work them out. And so I guess that's why I'm personally excited for this, this series, because we get to take a deep dive into some of the complexities of that and, and what does that mean for all of us in our everyday lives as we go. Right, yeah.
1: exactly. I think of um, John fourteen ten. it says, uh, he who believes in me, the works that I do. You will do also in greater works than these and you know that again just uh, just confirming that this idea of healing the sick raising the dead casting out demons cleansing the lepers this is a call for all believers right Mm -hmm. the works that jesus did are are what we're all actually called to walk in right so it's not like it's just one scripture right this is all kind of collectively together there's multiple witnesses in scripture that says that all believers are, are called to walk in this and um, like you said, that that all of us get to play. I, 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 it makes me this this scripture in Matthew makes me think of a, a Bill Johnson quote or a message that I was listening to with him, where he said that um, a bunch of young people were coming to him and saying, you know, well, what, what am I called to do? I'm trying to figure out. You know, am I supposed to take this job? Am I supposed to work here? Am I supposed to go to Africa? Am I supposed to be a missionary? Am I and and basically, you know, uh, Bill's response is basically like, well, you know, I don't know. You know, just you know, pick your direction. But as you go, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, preach the gospel to the poor, raise the dead. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is the assignment, right, that we're all called to do. It doesn't matter where we're at, where we're located, what's the environment, what's the
0: situation. This should be the walk of every believer on the planet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that like just over the past few months, I've heard lots of people at Oxford Vineyard. This is another reason I'm excited for this. Saying specifically these words to me, you know, that like this is what God's saying right now in my life, you know, as I go or as I do yeah. whatever, you know. And these are people who aren't pastors and they're not, you know, doing full time ministry, and they are, uh, they're, they're coming to this realization that as they go, this is the assignment that God has for them. So, yeah, that's yeah. so good. That's this awesome. also
2: makes me think of just further in John, um, in 17, you know, the high priestly prayer, right? This is like Jesus with his best friends, and then he starts praying for them, and then he starts praying for all believers, right? Anybody who comes to believe in him, and it's really interesting, a little bit into ver- in chapter 17, he's praying for the disciples, and in verse 18, he says, just as you commissioned me and sent me into the world, I, am c- I have also commissioned and sent them into the world. And he's not just talking about those guys that were in the room. Because right after that he says in twenty i don't pray for these alone, but also for all those who will ever believe and trust in me through their message, wow. that they all may be one, just as you and the father and I are in, in me and I am in you so it's like this idea of just as the Father sent jesus he's commissioning every believer, anybody who calls himself a disciple, right Amen. we could believe in Jesus, but like if we're calling ourselves disciples, then we're commissioned to do what he did on the earth, what the Father sent him to do. Yeah, that's
1: that's so good. So awesome.
0: I think one of the things that, like, one of the reasons I'm excited we're doing this, too, is I really don't want to give up a lot of real estate in our sermons throughout this series, arguing for why this is for all of us. You know, like, I'm glad we're having this conversation now, because really, this is something I said before we started recording, was like, these verses are in the Bible, and so if we believe that the Bible is for us to learn from. And the whole thing has application in our lives. If this wasn't for us and if it wasn't for today, there wouldn't be any reason for it to be in the pages of the scriptures. Oh, so yes. if you think about that, it's like, why would this be included if it was only for the first century church? What would we be able to learn from that? What would be the purpose other than just to say, oh, this isn't for you? And I don't, I don't really think that that Seems like the purpose, and uh, in including a lot of these verses. So. Honestly,
1: that doesn't even fit. I mean, if you look at it in terms of the logical context, and you take all the scriptures together, it just doesn't fit that this is only for the apostles. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the scripture where it says that you know the fivefold ministry, uh, gifting, where it talks about you know all of these you know the, that these people, these people that are called as pastors and apostles, it the work our our mission is equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, right? Yeah. It's equipping the saints. It's the same thing that we just read in Matthew, that we're supposed to teach them everything that Jesus taught us, you know, and, and is teaching us. And so we're here to equip the saints to walk out this, right? To heal the sick, to raise the dead, yeah. to cast out demons, to preach the gospel to the poor, right? right. Those are all part of our commissioning as fivefold uh, fivefold ministers.
2: I think it's really important, too, like understanding that it's not just like a good idea that Paul had. Wasn't just a good idea that the apostles had, the disciples had, to make the church better. Like, like in John 17 when Jesus was praying, and then in Matthew 9, the chapter right before, there's no break. You know, in the original text, he's praying to the Father both times, asking that the Father would send laborers into the harvest. Like, like the fields are ready, send people commissioned who look like me, who look like you. Walking in the same power that we walked in, send them. That's what his desire of his heart, why he died, was that he'd be a, a you know, unless the seed didn't, you know, dies and falls to the ground, it can't grow, right? That exponential release happened when he died, and it was unto something. It was to us looking like him, doing the things he did.
1: That is, that's awesome, Josh. I, I love think that.
2: one of the biggest things, though, right at verse, the beginning of verse 10 in Matthew, is that it says he commissioned, or he, he imparted, or he gave them authority to do these things, right? and i think a lot of people whether they're thinking about it or not i think it's mostly subconscious is well either this isn't for me or it is for me but i can't do it unless i've been given the authority i can't do it unless somebody imparts this to me i think that's a bigger hold up in a lot of charismatic circles you know once they get past the part of okay it is for me but i don't i don't know what i'm supposed to do no one told me i have the authority i don't know what i'm supposed to do like do i have the authority like maybe it's for me but i don't know what to do i'll we'll just say right now we give you authority to do that. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. And, and that's the whole thing about like anointing, right? We had this conversation a few weeks ago between the three of us. That's a word that I get really frustrated with in charismatic circles because people talk about the anointing, you know, the anointing, right. this person's so anointed or that person's so anointed, but the Bible talks about one anointing. And that is the anointing of the Holy Spirit to do the works of Jesus. That's the one anointing that the New Testament talks about. Yeah. And so You know, I don't want to take anything away from, you know, a healing anointing or this or that or whatever. But what I do know is that what is explicitly expressed in the Bible is that believers filled with the Holy Spirit have the same anointing as Jesus, which is the Holy Spirit, to do the works that Jesus did.
1: Wow, that's good.
0: So we can't afford to get hung up on that.
1: That's great. And it actually kind of rolls me right into my my next question because I want to talk about calling and gifting. And I think there's a lot of misunderstanding. You called it an anointing. And I mean, yeah. people, some people call it calling, some people call it gifting. And we look at other people, right? And we put them in this like, oh my gosh, these guys are amazing and all that, they, uh, that we do. And we kind of like, you know, put them up on this pedestal and, and things like that. But I'm constantly hearing people say, well, they pray for people for healing because it is their calling and it's not mine, right? It's like, mm-hmm. that's Randy Clark's calling, that's Todd White's calling, or that's John Richter's calling or gifting or anointing or whatever you want to call it. But in the, in the context of Matthew 10, what are your thoughts about this um, common uh, thought among believers, you know, with this idea that, that okay, that's that's somebody else's anointing, but that's not mine?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think when I look at the, the pages of the scriptures and how we interact with this idea of healing, you know, praying for healing, praying for deliverance, those things, um, it feels very much like a, almost like a... Um, a baseline expectation for believers, at least in the New Testament, to be participating in these things. And so the way that we understand the way that these gifts of the Holy Spirit have rolled into the present, um, it feels to me like this is the work that we're all supposed to be engaging with. And you bring up this idea of calling and gifting. The real question that I think we have to answer is context, because you know, Holy Spirit's the one with the gifting. Right, we don't have healing powers. We don't. That's not our. That's above our pay grade, and we are called as followers of Jesus to do this stuff. And I think people get wrapped up when they see the context that someone else is operating in. You know, you see people like Todd White, or you see people. You know, like Bethel and uh, our friend Scott McNamara. Right, they they all have this this specific context and a personality with which they do these things. And so then I think people look at those and they, they get wrapped up in the context. They get wrapped up in that person's personality and they say, well, that's not me. That couldn't be me. I couldn't do it like that. But really, we've got to think a little bit more creatively. We've got to think outside the box a little bit and think about our own context and you know, how is this going to look at the office, or how is this going to look at the construction site, or how is this going to look in the restaurant, or whatever, you know? And, and kind of discern for ourselves what that gifting and calling that we do have by the Holy Spirit is going to look like in our own context. That's but good. Uh, what do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I mean, just through my own past, I remember, especially in high school, really pressing into the Lord um, on these things. And I remember walking with my friend, Sam Langdon, through like the streets of Oxford, we talk about, like, these awesome heroes of the, in the faith that we saw, like these, like, leaders, you know, at these churches or at conferences that we'd go to and be like, man, it'd be so cool if we could do that. So cool if we could do that. I like this, this, and like, that's their gifting. That's their thing. Like, that's so cool that the Lord's done that. And the reality is we aren't supposed to look like anybody else. There's only one Todd White. There's only one Bill Johnson. There's only one Scott McNamara. There's only one you. Like, you're supposed to look like you and the Holy Spirit inside of you flows through you. He's chosen you as the vessel oh, that's to ex- show the, th- the kingdom of heaven, to show the Father's heart. And so, don't try to be anyone else. When we're looking at anybody else, all we can do is learn from them and their the skills that they've developed. That's what we can get from them. Yeah. right? We can learn skills from them, but we can't be them. Right. And so, I spend too much of my time trying to try to look like somebody else, rather than see them for who they are, value them, see myself for who I am, and value me and say, what can I learn from them rather than right. how can I be them? <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah, I think, I think of that in a lot of the context. I think the enemy wants us to compare ourselves. There's, I think there's a spirit of comparison where I start comparing myself to Todd White or I compare myself to Josh or I compare myself to Parker or whatever it is, and then what that is is a, a direct assault on my identity, right? right? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you're saying, that my identity, I mean, that, that God is excited about me that that i am of huge value that there is no like that that god is not a respecter of persons i mean he's really clear in saying that 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 scripture right there alone just kind of blows me away because it just cuts off any kind of comparison it basically says you can't compare yourself to anybody because he he loves us all uniquely and in the same and he wants to work through us all he wants to partner with every one of us and he's put the same holy spirit in all of us It's just a matter of, am I willing to enter into that? Am I willing to say yes, right? He just wants our yes. He wants our surrender. He wants us, you know, I had this uh, phrase that I said to you guys, but we get as much of the kingdom as we choose to pursue and hunger after. We get as much of the kingdom as we choose to pursue and hunger after. And really those Randy Clarks and those Todd Whites and the people that we've been, Bill Johnsons, they at some point made a decision that I'm gonna hunger after this and I'm gonna take risks and I'm gonna step out and I'm gonna pursue this with all of my heart and with all of my soul and all that I am and, and and I'm gonna fail along the way, but I'm gonna fail, I'm gonna fail, I'm gonna fail, I'm gonna fail forward moving forward because the command says heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, you know, preach the gospel to the poor, freely receive, freely give. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. As we started having this conversation, I was kind of reminded of something that uh, Alan Scott out at Vineyard Anaheim, he says regularly, I've heard him say this a lot of times, is that we have to re- be really careful to bring our uh, experience up to our expectation level, right? So we expect to see these things happen in our lives, and we, we continue to expect them until our experience comes up to our level of expectation, rather than bringing our level of expectation down to where our experience is, Oh, that's right? Cute. Because I love if we that. have if we have no experience with healing the sick or raising the dead or casting out demons, I mean, I've never raised somebody from the dead, but I'm not going to fold and say, "Well, I haven't experienced that yet, so I don't expect it." I'm gonna I'm going to expect it, and keep expecting it until my experience comes up to my expectation. Wow, that awesome. that's all so good. That's awesome. That just
2: makes me think like we gotta embrace the worldview that you know, first century Jews and believers, you know, Christians had because they're coming from this idea where, you know, Jesus is breaking in now with the kingdom. Before that, the kingdom wasn't there, right? Right. So if we read these things and be like, oh, well, all believers should be doing this. I'm not doing that. Oh, am I even saved? Like, question, like, <laughs> am I a believer? Like, it says I'm supposed to, but I'm not seeing this happen every time I pray. Well, the reality is it didn't happen before that. And now that Jesus has stepped into this onto the scene, now it's available. So that's what we gotta remember. Like that's why we keep pressing in, because we know it's available and we don't measure ourselves like it's gotta happen every time that I pray. No, it can happen now that we pray. And that's what we're holding on to. That's the hope and that's what we're declaring over things when we cast out demons, when we pray for the sick, when we even when we bring somebody to salvation, we know that that's true. That's awesome. Yeah. So so
1: talk to me a little bit or one of you guys, I'd like you to to answer the idea of, OK, when I when I look at a Todd, water I look at a, a, a person, I keep rem- saying these same pr- people over again, but they're just popping in my head. But anyways, I, I look at them and I go, well, you know, there is a personality, right? Everyone has this, a personality and the Holy Spirit doesn't come to, like, take away our personality, mm. Right. I mean, our personality, he chooses to put us on like a glove. You know what I mean? That's the phrase. He puts us on like a glove, but our personality still remains, which is interesting. So I think, uh, you know, talk to a little bit about like, how do I merge that that uh, authority and and doing the works of the kingdom that we're talking about with my personality?
0: Yeah, that's good. I think that. what's the so what's the purpose of an evangelist in the church right someone that might call themselves an evangelist it's to equip the saints right and so the evangelists are actually the church's like R and D department and so they're going out and they're like they're going to be on the cutting edge of risk right because it's their job to develop basically new risk methods right what's yeah. the holy spirit saying to do how do i go out and and lay it all on the line today and so sometimes we make the mistake of like, look, at, now it's good, right? I mean, we say all the time, faith is spelled R-A-S-K. Um, but we look at these guys, and they're going out, and, and they're taking these risks, and they're developing new models for evangelism, right, which is what we see. I mean, we see uh, servant evangelism, and we see power evangelism, and we see, you know, even apologetics, right, and different things that we wouldn't necessarily lump under evangelism all the time, but those are, those are evangelism to a certain group of people, and we have to figure out which of those models fits our context. And so sometimes, when people think of uh, healing, when they think of praying for healing or praying for deliverance, they immediately think of the street evangelist who stops every person they see on the sidewalk, and they're you know people are getting saved left and right, and they're doing this you know constantly, right? And they're they're paid full time by churches to do this stuff. And they make and, videos, right? And and they get they get discouraged because you say, well, that just doesn't fit my my lifestyle or that doesn't work for me. But well, what we have to do is look at them as the ones who are developing methods for us to take and use and apply to our context. So, you know, doing doing the work of Jesus, um, healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, casting out demons, that's almost like the work of being a janitor or something, you know, like you're, you're sweeping the floor, you know, you're doing this stuff, you're doing the work that is expected of you, right? And then these evangelists, they're like Simon Dyson, right? They're like out there inventing the next great vacuum cleaner or the next whatever. And so then we take those things into our context and we apply them to do the day to day work that, that we're called to do, right? So sometimes people think oh, I need to go out and invent a vacuum. But really what you need to do is just take the vacuum that's already been invented, bring it to your house, and sweep the floor with it. Right.
1: right. And, I, and I think of, like, like, just to piggyback on your idea of, of janitor, it's like, you know, everyone's going to sweep the floor a little bit different. I might take this path and do it, you know, in a zigzag pattern. You might do it across the hall. Or whatever. We're all, we're all going to have different methods because it's going to fit our personality as what we see the most efficient. And I think that's good. That, I mean, God honors that. You know, God doesn't like go. No, you got to do it like Parker does it, or you got to, you know what I mean. But you you take those things and those tools, and you incorporate them into your lifestyle. And as you use them within your context and your personality, you know what I mean. If you're if you're more of a quiet person, well then. Quietly pray prayers (laughs) for people. If you're louder, then be louder. If you're, you know what I mean? If you feel uncomfortable in these situations, I would encourage you to kind of press through that a little bit. But I I, I think we need to not, we're not trying to get people, we're not trying to meld personalities. We're trying to, the the assignment doesn't change. The assignment's still there. It's it's just the, and the personality of how we execute that might be different for every person on the planet.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, we have a friend here in this church who, You know, when Scott McNamara came and he taught us Jesus at the door, right? Now this guy, he's there, he learns Jesus at the door, and he's already like a good evangelist. He's good at praying for people and he's seen people get healed. But he took Jesus at the door to the streets, and it was a total bust. It was awkward. It was it was like miserable for him. He was like, I'm never gonna do this again, right? Now this is a guy that's already pretty good at this, but he just found a tool that didn't work for him. It didn't work for his context. It didn't work for his personality. So he's just not going to use it. Yeah, that's good. And he didn't get caught up in comparison and feel bad about that. Yes. Yeah. It's important. That's awesome.
1: I, I, th- I think I'm going to, if it's okay, I'm going to move on to the next one. No, I'm probably going to point this to, to you, Josh, um, specifically, because I want to talk about disappointment in this arena, right? I mean, the reality is, and what I've seen in context is that so many people that that set their eyes and their and their and their and they position themselves and they say I, they see this in scripture and they said I'm going after this, right? I'm going after this manifestation of the kingdom in in, in my life and the people around it. I've been called to heal the sick, so I'm going to begin praying no matter what happens. Everyone that I've ever studied and everyone that I've ever looked at, it seems like there's always this this period of where they don't see anything happen, right? They're praying and. It's nothing. Right. And I mean, and they can't figure it out. But the ones that like really in every context, they're like, no, I don't care what happens because I'm not the healer. He is. I'm going to just press through that. And so I guess my question to you, Josh, and we can all answer it. But what would you say to those people who have tried praying for people in public or tried praying for people, whether it's in public or private or whatever, but have not seen breakthrough and therefore probably through discouragement have stopped entering into that, or they just kind of just go, I'm not going to do that anymore because, you know, maybe the idea is, is that I want to lead people on or give them hope that there is no hope there, that, that kind of mentality.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, that expectation coming into experience like Parker talked about, it's uh, it's it's a journey again. And so first off, I'd say try again. <laughs> <laughs> just try again because whether it works or not, what our feelings, our emotions, the, the roller coaster they might go through, the Bible says that it's available, and that's the truth. Like, we can't hold on to any other truth, even when we don't see it happen. We say, okay, it didn't happen that time. I don't know why, but it says it's available, and so I'm not going to give up on that. I think it's, and the importance of that is tying ourselves or being rooted and grounded in our identity, knowing who God wow, is that's good. and knowing who we are. Because mm. as sons and daughters, this is our inheritance. It's part of who we are. And then our personalities is just the way it plays out, right? Right. But these things, the call first and foremost is to be a son and daughter. And so we get to walk in these things because we're sons and daughters, because that's who our father is. That's what he does. And so we get the family name, we carry the family name, and so naturally it's going to come through us. So we don't see it happen. We say, hey, that wasn't God holding out on me. There was just some, for some reason it didn't work, and I'm going to go do it again because that's who I am as a son. I pray for people because my Father prays for people. And so it's really changing the mindset and not getting discouraged, like saying, all right, Holy Spirit, why didn't this happen? Having real conversations, I think at the end of the day, so important because the Lord might be wanting to grow us in relationship first, you know? What if every time we prayed, it worked, and then there was no relationship, we'd think it is on us, you know what I mean? Or or we'd see these, we've seen these personalities who get this great gifting step into this great level of authority but they haven't developed a relationship on the inside and it goes really poor for later in life like
1: that's so good and so we to we want to yeah, develop a relationship just to piggyback on that what I heard you saying and I think is is that our debt our identity excuse me is completely separate from our destiny this is our destiny yeah this is what we're called this is our assignment But our identity is completely separate from that. And when we get discouraged, when we step out into our destiny, if we get discouraged here, it's probably a good sign that we're not rooted and grounded in our identity. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Because really, you know, our we're just called to step into obedience, Right. right? He is the healer. It's his. It's the Holy Spirit's presence, right? That that does that work. And so all we're called to do is obey and 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 to rejoice in the obedience. Not into not in, you know, trying to right. manipulate a situation right. or something. But it like doesn't that. happen,
2: that doesn't mean we're not sons <laughs> right. and daughters. Exactly. We are, so we'll try again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right.
0: right, exactly. Yeah, I just I was thinking about uh First Corinthians fourteen and it says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts until it doesn't work out exactly the way you hoped. <laughs> no, that's not what it says at all, right? It says pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So what what's Paul saying to the church, right? He's writing to the, the church in Corinth, desire these spiritual gifts, desire, desire the manifestations of the Spirit. And I think this kind of goes along a little bit with disappointment, um, but it's a little bit different angle. But just if anybody's listening to this and you're in a church where, you know, the spiritual gifts are not embraced, right? Quite the same way that we do at Oxford Vineyard or other churches or they've been discouraged in your own life or you think Oh, that stuff's weird or that's not for me. Um, the very next section of the scripture there in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul talks about having orderly meetings and he talks about the gifts again. Right. And tells them again. So since you're desiring these things, build up the body. And I think that that's one of the things that we've got to stay focused on, too, is like these things are a testament to the people of God. That he's moving among them, right? And so, um, I don't know. I just, I, I think that it's easy to get discouraged by leaders or by other people who are disappointed in these things, right? And they say, oh, I've tried it, or it's not for me, or it's not for you, right? They could make that decision for you. And I would say keep pressing in because Paul says, desire the gifts. That's awesome. That's good. I
1: I think th- just to add into that, I, I thought that I just came across me, and uh, I've said this a, a bunch of times, is that if if you had cancer, and I came to you and said that, hey, I have I have a, uh I have a, a, a um, you know a, a drug here that's going to help you get healed, but it only works 30 percent of the time, and you you know you know that you're going to die if nothing else happens, would you say yes to that? You'd say oh, I'll that. take of that 30 percent, right. right? And you know, and if I you know, and even if our I'm just hypothetically saying this, but it, even if our healing prayers in our in our when we enter into different cer- even if if it's working twenty percent or thirty percent or forty, even if it's not a hundred percent, man, wouldn't you still want want to jump into it? Wouldn't you want to give somebody that opportunity yeah. to have that thirty or forty percent or whatever the ch- chance is? And I think it's a lot higher than that. And and it can you know. But I'm just saying that. The point being is is that even if it doesn't work every time, we still would want to press into that just for the sake of the person to have that breakthrough moment. Absolutely. That's good. I, um, you know, I think one one thing that I wanted to add was I've been listening to a, a guy by the name of David Hogan, and if you can go online, you can look up some stuff from him. But um, one of the things I love about David Hogan, I think he's had recorded 37 testimonies of people being raised from the dead that he was been a part of and i I mean that's just like staggering right i mean that's in these these scripture verses that are uh, a part of us and i mean none of us here have even been been close to any of that but one of the things that he says is that he loves to talk about his failures right he loves to, to he says some of my my greatest failures were on the you know were right before my greatest successes and you know what he learned from his greatest failures actually helped to spear him into as he pressed through those failures and not allow that to affect his identity, right, but to keep pressing into it. And so I didn't just encourage everyone in that. Another phrase that David said that I thought is was really good was he, he was approached one time. This was right before his first raising of the dead, and, and someone came to him and said, Hey, I, my, you know, this father was desperate and said, hey, my son's dead and I need someone to come and pray for him. And he goes, he looked at the guy and he said, you know, I'm not very good at my job. <laughs> and I think uh, what I, I love about that is that humility, right, about that. Uh, one, it's, it's that taking responsibility that, that I'm, I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm pressing into this and that there, there's this process of, of growing into the assignment that I am. It has no impact on my identity it has no impact on the father's love for me mm-hmm. it has no impact on who i am and, and 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 my place in heaven so it's not a it's not that kind of thing it's just learning to grow into my position and my calling and my purpose
0: yeah yeah i think it's so critical that we stay focused you know through this series as you listen to the teaching in this series and as we teach this series we stay focused on the fact that the gifts of the holy spirit belong to the holy spirit <laughs> they don't belong to us right. right they're not our gifts they're his gifts that he gives and and i think that Um, that's a dangerous, you know, Josh, you were kind of talking about like people who uh, don't have that foundation and then, you know, they start to move in some of this stuff and then the bottom kind of falls out. That happens, I think, because those people start to think that these are their gifts. They start to think that they have some healing powers or they have some ability that, you know, but this is not, this does not belong to us. It's not, we don't have the ownership of this thing. It's something that we are invited into to participate and steward with God. And so when we take that perspective, it's like, you know, oh, I don't have the gift of healing. Well, nobody has the gift of healing, right? <laughs> the Holy Spirit has the gift of healing, on, and he gives good. it as he
1: chooses. That's great. That's good. I like to think about this, you know, whenever I think about risk, I think of it's like it's every time we step out, it's like you're standing on this limb, and it's about to collapse, and you, you feel like you're about to fall. Every time you reach out and say, hey, can I pray for you? You know, because you're really, you're at the mercy. It's a, it's a total partnership and if God doesn't show up, you're <laughs> you were shipwrecked, right? So I think that uh, piggybacks really well into the next question that I have because I, I'd like to just finish with two things, kind of looking at testimonials. Uh, but I want to start, before we go into, like, our successes, I really want us to focus in on our failures. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about some a moment maybe, and if it, you could just bring up to mind and, and briefly just share where you stepped out in prayer or you stepped out with the Word, and it, it nothing happened or you messed it up or maybe it was maybe god spoke said to do this and you did that or whatever it is but um anyways i just wanted to kind of open up the door to see uh, if you could share with everyone i think it would be kind of encouraging to hear some of our failures or some of the things that we messed up
0: yeah i mean I, you know it's kind of heavy but the last five people that i've prayed for with cancer have passed away within mm-hmm. six months of praying for them sorry. It's a And it's a hard thing, you know, and so when that happens, I have a choice to make. You know, am I going to uh, allow my expectation to come down to my experience and stop praying for people with cancer? Or am I going to keep going until my experience comes up to my expectation? And I've had to wrestle with that. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I've really had to wrestle with that in the last... You know, six months or so, because this happens a few times, and it's like, man, I better quit praying for people with cancer. You know what's going to happen, but, but I know that that's not true. I know that that's not true, and I have to keep myself rooted in the fact that, you know, this this is not, really, this is not in my control. The only thing that's in my control is whether I continue to make myself available or not. Wow, that's good. Man, that's good. I love that. That's good. Start How about off
2: you, with Josh. Uh, heavy stuff there, Parker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll go a little lighter, and then maybe we'll go into some heavier stuff. Um, I don't know. I I definitely uh, see failures every day that I pray for people. <laughs> I don't see the exact thing that I want to see always, and, and you know that's okay. I'm okay with it. The big uh, I just remember like one time which was just really funny. I went into UDF, and I got this word for the the, the guy working in the cash register. It's like, oh, this is going to be awesome, right? Like, this is going to rock his life. <laughs> like, in my mind, I'm so happy to g- be able to give this word. And it just comes out of my mouth, stupid. It's <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. like, hey, man, uh, I don't know if you, like, believe in God or not, but I hear from God. And, and like, I almost sound a little bit loony. Like, if he doesn't, like, yeah. and I think he didn't at all. I you know, <laughs> didn't believe in God at all. I was like, well, God told me this about you. And he's like, oh, thanks. And like just looked at his coworkers and like, (laughs) weirdo. Oh no. (laughs) And I pay and leave. I'm like, all right, well, I guess that was nothing or it was something. (laughs) Who knows? I just like totally felt like I failed there. Like and it was in my delivery. It was just like usually the biggest times that I see failures happen is in my delivery. And so Mm. I've I've been learning how to the delivery isn't the word itself. The delivery is love. Wow. Right? And so if I can position myself to bring love into that situation, connect them with love, love them, it goes a lot better for me even when I fail. <laughs> like, even mm-hmm. when I get wow. the word wrong, mm-hmm. or even if they, whatever we're praying for, like, doesn't happen. Yeah. But love was there. Like, there was connection. I think that that, that that's goes way further. But yeah, many times, like, I remember <laughs> praying for my grandmother for cancer too. Yeah. Die for, she died from that. Oh, like, it's funny because we teach Sakam and. You know, we're teaching these people how to pray for people. We're pressing into these these things, right? We're, every day, we're pressing for the First year, we do sock them. Grandmother gets cancer. We pray for her, she dies. My dad gets cancer. We pray for him. He doesn't die, but it, he doesn't get healed from he, it. Yeah. He just gets to go through the surgery, which, praise God, it's went well. Um, you know, next the next year, there's a, a miscarriage that we had. And so it's like praying for these things and then seeing these big failures that go alongside of it. And then trusting the Lord with my heart and my emotions and saying, hey, you're good no matter what. Even if I bomb that word, like, you, I thank you that you let me be the one that you've chose to reflect who you are. But it also doesn't just rely on me. Yeah. Thank God. That's you know a, what yeah. I mean? Like, and
0: hopefully something that makes this accessible to people is like, we're not living in fairy tale land where we tell ourselves this story that, you know, every time I pray, something's going to happen. Right. Right, sometimes it doesn't, and and I think that being in touch with that reality helps people, you know, enter into this stuff a little easier than, I mean, you know, not to tear anybody down, but like you have these TV personality preachers and you know pe- the tent revivalists, right, sixty, seventy years ago, and people right. who uh, almost there was like this facade of like I'm going to pray and somebody's going to get healed regardless of what happened. You know, they were like had the blinders on. And even if somebody didn't get healed, they were like, "Oh, they got healed. I think it's important that we're really honest about about this stuff, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That is so good. That's
1: so good. One of the things I think, just listening to you guys' talk that just popped in my head was about the importance of dealing. I think we'll probably have to have this for a, a separate podcast, but how do we effectively deal with disappointment yeah. in a way that honors the father? And maintains that relationship, and I and I think that's important that we learn that. That's a learned thing that we learn because our, our humanistic approach or our humanistic way of th- what the world says is we just want to shut it off. But there is a way to do that in a way that is that we bring those disappointments to the Father and we put them at His feet and we say, Lord, help us through this and and walk through that. And I think the other thing that I loved what you said is that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all of these things that we're ta- called to, it's not just for their own sake. It's actually to express the love of God for people. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all meant to be an expression of love. And if we, I mean, even Paul said, if, you know, if I do all these things, but I have not love, I'm nothing, right? right? Right. So what is this is, is this is all clothed and packaged in love. And this is a way of loving people, Mm -hmm. right? And expressing the love of the father. I've had so many disappointments. I I mean, you know, and like you said, I I would say just even recently, I, I, um, I've had, uh, you know, I've been pressing into words of knowledge, for example, and you know what I mean, S- t- taking steps out a- in that, and I asked a couple la- uh, couple ladies about their backs, and uh, I don't know, I just, like, the word back just came into my head, so I said, hey, do you have a problem with your back, and no, don't have a problem, okay, fine, <laughs> 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 move on there, and, and uh, situations, and um, I've had a number of situations where I remember I was called in as the pastor to pray over this person who was really sick with cancer and the next day they died and Mm -hmm. that was that was early on in my whole in my life probably about 10 or 15 years ago I'd say maybe even more than more than that Um, but yeah I mean have have had situations where uh, quite frequently where I pray for somebody and and don't feel like I get breakthrough and um, one thing I've learned from that is is that there's this there's this heart posture I think that's really important in this that we we don't we don't allow disappointment to come in but at the same time we go why didn't that happen it's okay to go man I expected because we want to have expectation when we pray we want to come with faith we want to come with confidence we want to go and sometimes when we don't see that we should be going why didn't that happen did I maybe I missed something here maybe holy spirit I mean for example uh, one of the things that I've been finding a lot in my praying and that i've been learning is how many times that i'm in prayer and it's actually a deliverance situation mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm praying for healing yeah.
0: right you know what i'm
1: saying yeah. like i'm going and i had a a moment uh recently where that actually happened and i'm trying I'm, I'm commanding this leg be healed and i'm commanding i'm commanding and then all of a sudden it's like you know Spirit of infirmity comes into my mind, and I'm like, "Nah, that's not it." I know this person; there's no way they have a spirit of infirmity. And I'm like, <laughs> mm. so I just dismiss it, and then end up after a little while, nothing's working. I go, "Okay, well, maybe I need to try this," and I go again I we pray against the spirit of infirmity, and all of a sudden, breakthrough comes, and it's like I think Whoa. it's good to share some of that our failures wild. first. I mean, that, didn't, that was right, a learning moment. Jump into su- mm-hmm. some successes, but mm-hmm. if you would, let's. If you could just share maybe a time or an instant of uh, a success story in terms of you know, jumping into these kind of things of healing
0: and praying for people? Well, maybe I'll just start because I have the least experience of all of us. But <laughs> okay. I think that, um, you know, I've had some successes and most of my successes have been small. Um, not not that we're ranking these things or anything like that, you know, but I mean, aches and pains and things that have been bothering people for a long time. You know, I've I've seen one guy, uh, get completely healed of uh, COPD, which was awesome. That was like a, a medically confirmed healing, wow. um, and that was really cool. But I think for me, and maybe this is like I don't know. I, I hope that this doesn't sound like a uh, like a cop out answer, but the greatest success for me has been continuing to do it uh, because for me, you know, healing. I think healing is so important. I think that this, you know, Matthew ten seven and eight. Like I'm excited to preach this because it's a fundamental. Part of our faith. It's so important. Uh, But it's not really the thing that gets me out of bed in the morning. And I'm not going to lie about that. I'm not going to say that, you know, this is like really what gets me jazzed. But it's so important to me and I recognize its importance and I've been able to enter into it, you know, at different times. And so I hope that this just encourages anybody listening that's like, oh, this isn't for me or this isn't really, you know, the things that really get me excited. Might seem a little less spiritual sometimes, especially to people in like charismatic churches. You know, I love to read, I love to learn, I love theology, I love to, um, you know, engage with with the Lord in spiritual disciplines, right? And like hearing the voice of God for myself. But I recognize that uh, the assignment to pray for healing, to pray for deliverance, to do these things is non negotiable we see that very explicitly in the new testament we see that instruction to the church and so that's why i continue to enter in and you know help lead sockham and and do these things in my day-to-day life and try to figure out how to apply them because it's very very clear to me that it is a a non-negotiable part of the christian faith to enter into these very practices and so i've had some successes but the biggest success for me has honestly been uh, not backing down from this and not writing myself off and not saying, oh, this isn't for me or I just don't have access to this or whatever. Right, And I think I, I think that I
1: love that, Parker, because you're basically saying that, hey, in, in any world, I, it, it, this is probably not my personality. Right. This isn't my right. personality. But the success for you is is, is OK in the then in that environment, still entering into and seeing breakthrough, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, seeing some some breakthroughs. I mean, not every every situation, but definitely s- some great breakthroughs. COPD, exactly. that's awesome. Absolutely, that's
0: yeah. It would be really easy for me to say, oh, this just isn't my calling, but that would be a really poor uh, example to the people I lead. That's right. great. That's great.
2: Yeah, Parker's being modest. He's seen a lot of healing. He just is calling them smaller yeah, than I they really are. Yeah, I agree with you <laughs> on that. COPD is huge. There's many more that I've seen and pray for people and they've been healed and... And casting out demons and and all these things. Of course. Right. right. Um, I've seen a lot of crazy things, (laughs) (laughs) personally. Um, And I want to see more. Um, When when we first started SOCOM, I was a student, right? It was like week three or four. Um, I'm going out to Target and Corrine in Cincinnati with uh, my friend... Lucas, and, you know, we're trying this out, right? I'm I'm kind of new to praying in this context, right? Like, I pray for people at church all the time, ministry time. I've done that a lot of times. I've prayed for people. I've given words in public. But, like, going out specifically to look for people who are sick in a grocery store, that was pretty new to me. Mm. Like, that's my purpose. That's what I'm there for. And so that was pretty new to me. Um, but I believe that it was real. And so I was like, all right, I'm excited about this. Like, I'm excited to see what's gonna happen here. We go out there, um, and we see this lady in in the office supplies aisle, and she has a boot up to her knee on her a cast, you know, that she's in. And so like, all right, there it is. Let's let's pray for her. So we go up and ask her, like, hey, see that you have this boot, you know, on your foot. Um, what's going on? What's been going on? And so she's she told us her story, and and she's had these issues with her, inside of her leg, and her bones, and and it had been a reoccurring thing where, you know, for the past, I think it was three or four years, she'd have this immense pain. She'd have to put the boot on for months, and then it'd go away, and then she could take it off and walk normally, and then she'd have to put it back on, and so it'd been hurting really bad. She had it back on, and so we're like, hey, well, you know, what we're actually here to do is pray for people. Like, we feel like we're supposed to go pray for people, so would you mind if we prayed for you? And she's like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. You can. And so we asked her, you know, okay, can I just put, kneel down on my knee and put my hand on the boot? I won't put any, like, real pressure on it just to pray for you. And so she was fine with that, and so we did that. And then, you know, simple prayer, probably five seconds or less, and then asked her how she felt, and she's like, you know, no no, no real change here. A lot of pain still in there. Um, i like, all right, well, can we pray again? Just to pray again if she was comfortable and she was so this time we we prayed a little bit longer and we actually started giving her some words and lucas gave her some words and and actually something that lucas prayed over really caught her attention and so when we're done you know we asked her how she was feeling and she's like oh you know actually i feel a lot better and actually something you said in your prayer um that that god would show his his love and light through me well actually i have a business. And the name of it is Love and Light. And what it is, it turned out she was a witch. (laughs) (laughs) She (laughs) used white magic to bring spirits to people and give them information to bring healing to their body. Like, really weird stuff, right? Like, witchcraft, real 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 witchcraft. Even though it seemed like it was a good thing, it wasn't a good thing. But that's what she did. And And the Lord gave us the name of... Her business, whether we we didn't know it, but that that's what caught her attention, and so like we're like, oh wow, this is incredible. Can we pray one more time for you? And she was, like, yeah, of course. And so we prayed again, like, you know, in Jesus' name, just make sure, yeah, it's not any other spirit, it's Jesus. <laughs> right. <laughs> we just pray for her and ask for healing to come right now to her body, all pain get out, and just express your love to her in new ways. And so we finished praying, and this time we asked her how she feels, and she's like, I feel completely 100 percent better. Wow. I was like, Are you serious? like you feel you're, there's no pain in your body anymore? She's like there's no pain in my body. I was that's like, so good, all right, could you take your boot off like <laughs> if there's really no pain, like I don't want you to hurt yourself, but could you take your boot off and like test it out? she, she, she like puts all her stuff down, starts taking off, takes it off, takes the the inner cast thing off too, and begins to walk up and down the aisle, Wow, and then begins to run back up and down the aisle. She's like, I've never seen healing like this. that's my job. I've never seen healing like this.
1: Oh, my gosh. Geez. She like
2: embraces us, and like we're like, hey, yeah, this is Jesus who healed you. <laughs> By the way, again, just so <laughs> you know, it's Jesus. <laughs> That's <laughs> so good. So we bless her again. We go out. We go pray for some more people. We didn't see healing happen. <laughs> On our way out the door of Target, I guess she was checking out. She sees us leaving. She runs through the parking lot, boot booting one arm and all of her bags in the other arm to come and like thank us again, and we give her information, get her connected to the church, but... That was amazing. Like That's the Lord awesome. used us. To, like m- one of my first times doing that, to pray for a witch, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and see her healed, and God reader mailing shows. That's so, good. Show That's so good. It's pretty amazing.
1: I think the w- that what r- when you share that story, it made me think of the th- the idea that every time something like that happens, where we see this manifestation of the kingdom of God, this breaking into the kingdom, right from of of heaven into earth, you know, on earth as it is in heaven, kind of thing, is that it's it's a testimony of the resurrection of Jesus Christ right, that he is alive, right, that he's not dead, that every time we pray in his name, right, it's a testimony that that the Spirit of God really did raise him from the dead. I think that's so amazing. And I think Jesus said something really interesting. He said, well, if you don't believe me for the words that I say, at least believe me for the works that I do. <laughs> and I think, you know, it's not supposed to be just word only. It's supposed to be word and works, mm-hmm. right? There should be a demonstration of that. And I think that's, that's important. And it, and it testifies to who the reality of, of, of Jesus and the, and the resurrection and things like that. For me personally, I think the, l- the, the latest one was a, was a really interesting story, a success story was I was in Kroger and uh, or i met this 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 lady and and she needed some food so the church i said hey i'll the i'll have the church buy you the oxford vineyard we had some money in our funds and so we took her to church and I, or to excuse me to kroger and got her a, a kroger card so that she can come back and buy groceries and some things like that and and um she's sitting there like she could barely move her her right arm and and i and i'm like going oh, what's what's wrong with you and she goes well i've got this i got carpal tunnel and i'm, I'm i need to get surgery i'm scheduled i'm gonna get surgery in the spring she said or something like that and i was like really i said could i just pray for you and and so i just say this like quick prayer like in the name of jesus i just command just release healing right now right now and i mean it's like just jesus kind of just quick prayers and i pray over and i go all right now if it was a 10 before you know and it's a you know um your your pain was a 10 level what's your pain level now and I think she said it went down, it went th- like from a 10, like, oh my gosh, she's like, sh- her eyes are real big, and, and I I think she's, <laughs> it's so, the, the pain has gone down so much that I'm thinking she's pulling my leg, you know what I mean, like she's just saying it to like kind of get me to quit praying <laughs> kind of thing, and so I'm going, really, are you serious? She's like, yeah, I think it's like a three or four, so I pray again, mm. all right, and, and, uh it, you know, it, it goes down, she's like, oh my gosh, it's completely healed. And she's like now carrying, she couldn't carry her bags, now she's carrying her bags down. And she's like, oh my gosh, thank you, thank you, thank you. It was just amazing. An awesome testimony of Jesus. And she ended up giving her life to Christ, and is just, God's doing incredible things. I saw her a couple weeks later, and we were talking to another lady with her, and... <laughs> We're in the middle of this conversation. And she goes, yeah, like you healed my, my she said me. She said, like you, when you healed my <laughs> wrist. And I was like, no way. And I was so excited because, you know, sometimes we don't follow up and we don't get to see when we pray for people if that healing was right. lasting. It and, it stuck. And and yeah, and it stuck. <laughs> and I was so excited. I was so excited when uh, the Lord showed up and I, and I found out that her wrist was still completely healed and, and God was doing so many th- amazing things. That's awesome. Well, good. Those are awesome stories. And I think yeah. one of the things I would say about stories, and this is where this is a key for me in terms of turning my cor- the corner because when I repented of the s- spirit of comparison, mm-hmm. instead of getting frustrated when I hear somebody else yeah. having a success, yeah. when I started to go, "Yes, Lord, I'm so excited because that's you doing it. Thank yeah. you for what you did through Josh. Thank you for what you did for Parker." Mm-hmm. And when I started to rejoice over the the healings and the breakthrough of the kingdom in other people's lives it just seemed to naturally start to manifest more in my life Mm -hmm. and that was a heart posture for me because i had a lot of resentment honestly Mm -hmm. because i would look at other people and i would go hey why isn't that happening in my life and then when i it really turned the corner when i repented of that and then started to bless and to rejoice in those in those kind of situations well i hope this is this has been good it's been a lot of fun for me Oh, definitely. And, um, yeah, I hope too. for all those who are listening that you uh, enjoy it as much as we've enjoyed it today. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing this again in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's good.
0: All right. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find more information at our website uh, at OxfordVineyard.com or on our Facebook page. Peace.